0: Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to
1: Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at Virginia.org.
0: Welcome to Inspired by Her, the podcast that will give you the inspiration, motivation, and tips for success from some of the top executives, CEOs, and influencers from around the globe with your host, serial entrepreneur
1: and named one of the most influential filipina in the world kate hancock and we are live hi everyone this is kate hancock and today i have sarah gibbons hi sarah hi kate it's good to be with you i know so sarah tell our listen about yourself
0: oh my gosh where do i start um so First and foremost, I am a mother. I grew up in the Northwest and I uh, we've been in LA now for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. I have three boys uh, by choice, seven, nine, and 11. I have an amazing husband who is um, super supportive of both my business and engaged with the boys. So that's a huge help. And then I am a I spent years in the media world. And then in the last 10 years have um, launched my own coaching company. And so I run a company called Sarah Gibbons Co. And I spend my hours during the day coaching and being with pretty phenomenal people. And then the hours in between, I'm parenting my three boys.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, I, was, I was lucky enough to be able to join one of your title Summit. Yes. Yes, that was amazing. So tell me what was the um yeah. what was the story behind it? Yeah, so
0: let me back up just a little bit. For those of you who aren't familiar with my work, one of the things that matters most to me is this this idea of living your legacy. And when I think about l- even the word legacy, I think most of us are used to this word of it that it's something that we that we leave behind that it's, you know, a name on a building or it's X amount of money in our, in our bank account. And for me, what really led me to the work that I do is that I was really fortunate enough to, to get a start in media early on. So I worked for Amazon early 2000 and met my husband there. It was a great experience, moved on to then a little company called MySpace mm-hmm. in the beginning of social media, and then moved abroad with MySpace. And, and through this, what I noticed was that while I loved the people I worked with, I loved technology. There was just an, just the experience that I was having. I feel like I wasn't being true to myself. And this concept, well, it was more it came out of a fear. I think when this is very, um, I think this happens to all of us humans, was that I kept playing this game of when I get to the end of my life, what do I want to be known for? What do, and then more so, what's the legacy I want to be living in this moment? Who do I want to be? And so what I found that was true for me is that became really important was clarity around purpose, community connection and experience. And so one of the avenues in which I foster that is through title summit. And that's, and that's what you experience. And so title summit is actually only for women, even though I spend my time with both women and men and it's completely, as you know, an experiential day that allows, um, people to come in and really experience transformation, particularly around their leadership. And the way in which I define leadership is much more of a way of being and not so much a hat that you wear or a job title. Um, And so it happens once a year. It's going to actually, we haven't announced this yet, but it's going to be virtual this year, which I'm super excited about because it'll allow people um, from all over the world to join and and it'll create just a new dynamic, but it, it gets all of your sensories going. There's a level of professionalism but there's still just as you probably experienced there is it, we galvanize like-minded people as far as values and when you bring people together with like-minded values they don't all have to have the same stories but there's a there's a, a wall that comes down and and title begins to ignite this ripple inside and allows people to to really take their insights but turn them into transformation from that day and go on and um whether they're Looking um, to make changes in their career, relationships, parent, motherhood—you name it. Um, but it's—it is my most favorite day of the year, and I—I love that you—you you got to experience it.
1: Yeah, I really love that community mm-hmm. that you built. And you know what I've noticed is like I love how you really made sure this is a non-judgmental community, and everyone was so vulnerable. <laughs> Don't you find, though, Kate, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I'm so happy that you experienced
0: that because in your world, even though you do incredible work for women and supporting other women, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: my experience oftentimes is that even as those of us that are quite driven women, sometimes there can still be a level of competitiveness and a level of holding back. And, oh, my gosh, what happens when we drop all that and we just – even the playing field is that you show up with this connection that we're all hungry for, but there's not this competitiveness. It gives space for us to be happy for other women's wins, and then to really support other women. And then in turn, it's a lesson in how to receive. So that, that I'm so happy you brought that up because that's something that we've really wanted to create, and we've also really stuck to quality over quantity, which I think um, probably goes against most people's business models, but it just feels so true to the brand that I want to grow and that I foster. Um, So I I love that you had that experience.
1: I know I was, I was really, um, you know, I was really impressed by it and I loved it because it's hard being a woman and we're so perfectionist in our own way. Yeah. And just being in, in one place where you can just be naked and no one will judge you. Yeah. It's hard to find it is really hard to find And I've always, one
0: of the mentors who I've done, I have, you know, quite a few coaches that I've worked with and invested over the years. And um, one of the coaches I've done a lot of work with, you know, has really taught me this idea that leadership can be really lonely as you, as you move, move up in the more traditional sense. And I think that becomes true. Those of us who are quite driven and, and have, You know, whether it's by choice that we're working or we're pursuing other careers or we're volunteering time or we're managing households or children or relationships, um, it can feel really lonely and it can be really hard to let our guard down and to let. I mean, even just I was running a training last week um, with a group of phenomenal women, my board group, and even these women who um, we all share similar values, it's really hard for them to even ask ask for support, even though they're in a group of really a group that has no, you know, what I call no edges. Mm -hmm. And that is a place for them to be messy and explore. It's, it, it isn't
1: easy at all. No, it's not. And what are you finding working with women they are high achiever, Like you said, we're not, we're shy to ask for support because we feel judgy We're something. What do you mean? I don't know about this. Instead of being like, yeah. look, I really need help. And I struggle with that myself too. Mm-hmm. too. Like, I yeah. don't want, like, I don't want to ask for help, but now like, yeah. okay, I would rather ask for help <laughs> yeah. I because I gain nothing from being tough. Right. Yes. Yeah. So how do you work that in women's head? Mm. Um, Cause that's very hard. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that. So I coach men. I also coach groups of mixed men and women, and then also just women. It's interesting. The men don't struggle with that nearly as much. Women do. I think it's primarily because we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. We don't want to feel stupid. Um, I think some of it is just our old stories of not feeling like we're enough. And so the short answer, Kate, is to begin to look at the mindset, right? So you can take all these actions out into the world, but if you're not taking time to really look at What are the beliefs, what are the habits that I'm choosing to operate in that are limiting my ability, particularly, you know, when I hear some of my female clients say, you know, I'm just overworked. I don't have enough time in the day. Um, You know, I can, I can point to their thoughts that they're having around how much they need to do. Um, I think it's, I think there's a trend right now for women in particular to, and particularly right now, because we're under so much pressure with, with COVID. Um, but I think there is a just a natural tendency to begin to martyr about it and to step out of leadership. So I really begin to teach and work with my female clients in real time. What does it look like to lead? What are the values that matter most to you? And if you come from those values, then what habits, what beliefs are you going to take on? if the experience you're really wanting to have is yes, it's, it's one of productivity, but it's also joy. And that's where it always goes back to me for like, what do you want? How do you want to live your legacy today? Like today's a Monday. I have a lot on today. I get to spend time with you. I've already coached this morning. I have my oldest boy is home. He's not in any sort of camp today. And then this afternoon I have clients while I'm, moving forward and making an impact, I also want to actually enjoy this experience. So it's not as easy as a one, two, three, but it's a process. And I always say to my clients, this is a commitment. If you're committed to experiencing your leadership and what it's like to be in leadership, then, oh my gosh, you're going to have so much more joy and grace and calm throughout your day, which are really the three things I hear from most women, aside from materialistic things like, you know, um, you know, maybe they're, you know, wanting to grow their business financially, but that experience is really what they're hungry for. And so it it does, it comes back to what's, how are you showing up as a leader? And do you understand what, how what, what really matters most to you? And are you aligning your actions that you take throughout the day with what you say matters to you?
1: Yeah. And um, Sarah, I have a question for you, especially in this difficult time. Um, it's hard not to, hide yourself under your comforter, right? Cause yeah. everything is like, everything is yeah. collapsing. I mean, that's, you know, it, it's, it's what's happening. Like, how do you motivate yeah. someone to get out of it?
0: You know, I'm, it's funny you asked that I was coaching
1: a client of mine this morning and she
0: was saying, um, you know, she was struggling with that and they're getting ready to, they, um, her husband is in entertainment and is directing a show so they're relocating for about 5 months so that they can be on set together and i was saying oh man i've been waking up in the morning feeling pretty sluggish and i think it's really important now more than ever and i'm going to i'm going to preface this with by no means do i feel like i have it all figured out but i can tell you where i see gains I think it's going back to the basics of self care, and when I say self care, I'm really talking about self care that nourishes our spirit. So, for example, I have been doing a better job at getting myself in, to bed earlier at night. Um, I've created very simple morning rituals. Like you, you know, you have you have children; yours are a bit older, but you know, my children hit the ground fairly early. So, I keep I, I love that five minute journal. I've done it for years. I took a break. I'm back in it. I just keep it next to my bed. I have um, a beautiful book that my mother-in-law gave me that is just daily passages from from God I, that I just can read a short excerpt. It gives me something to meditate on. I do a five-minute, 10-minute meditation. So all in all, it's probably 15 minutes. And then um, I always work in exercise. Sometimes that's just a walk. I mean, I tell my clients, like, we you know, right now, I don't really feel like going for a big run. but. I love doing a 30 minute walk or listening to a podcast. Um, we're really fortunate that we live close to the beach. So um, I always say the beach is like the great equalizer with all my boys. So we spend a lot of time um, at the beach, but I, and I just think it's so important to find the things that nourish your spirit, but to do them in bite size and to be really realistic, um, just so that you can start to raise your vibration to a level that you know just allows you to feel a sense of calm because if we're not calm it's really hard to show up in leadership in our business and mm-hmm. marriage and partnership and friendship all of it so go back to basics that's my two cents
1: <laughs> that's very true yeah and uh, sarah do you still remember your very first client when you started the coaching business i do <laughs> tell me about that experience
0: oh my gosh it's an amazing story um So (laughs) I'm almost a little bit embarrassed to admit this because she'll probably hear this, but she she is a phenomenal creative director, probably one of the best creative directors in the country. And I love this about her. She posted an ad in door saying she was looking for a coach. Okay, when I say she's one of the best creative directors, she was also a partner in an ad agency. So I think it's sort of, I have to actually... I have to actually ask her about this because it's been quite, quite a few, quite a few many years now, but anyway, she posted this ad saying she was looking for a coach and I, and I had gone back, gotten my master's in spiritual psychology and I had been coaching quite a few clients. I have also led enormous teams in media, both domestically and internationally. So it wasn't like this was my first time ever coaching, but anyway, I reached out to her and I said, look, I'm managing a sales team, but I'm also looking to build a boutique client business do you want to have a conversation and so we ended up having a conversation and she hired me and she, it, it was like anything when you launch a business you know you're learning on the fly but it was I think it was one of those experiences where I could and one of the universal truths I believe is that when we take intentional action the universe meets us at that intentional action and I had Really been intentional about taking action and building this business, and it, I, I can honestly say this: I didn't feel like I was doubting that she chose me. It just felt really natural and easy. And since then, we—I have coached her. Um, we've become quite good friends. She has been a huge referral for me. I'm forever grateful. It has opened my world. I coach a lot of people in the creative world. Um, creative directors at media agencies, ad agencies, tech. Um, And I think I just gravitate towards people who are using really using their creativity but making an impact in the world. But I mean, I literally answered something in Nextdoor and I didn't think twice about it. Wow. Isn't that
1: funny? Is it crazy? Yeah. I know. You know, yeah. But, uh, you know, when I look at your website, you're so clear about your intentions and your why and your purpose. Mm. And I think that right there, even if I don't know you, I would be gravitating to you.
0: Oh, man. That, God, that feels so good. Because, you know, I don't know if you ever feel this way when you're running business, when you're running your business, you have multiple businesses. Um, sometimes you can be in it and you feel so clear. And then you hear someone else talk and you're like, wait. What is my What is my mission again? What is my vision? What am I doing? Uh, I, so I think I think for me, what's just helped me, Kate, is I, I do spend a lot of time reminding myself why I, mm-hmm. I do what I do at the end of the day, what's really important to me, and I think that just taking those few moments and I, and I take time to write it down just to connect with my why, it does. It creates a sense of clarity mm-hmm. um, and I've also invest in my own coaches to work with and they have really challenged me and stretched me to get even more clear, particularly as I'm I'm in the process of building out, you know, programs for 2021 and and what I want that to look like. Um, but I think it's actually really hard to do on your own. I think that's why people invest in in coaches and support. It's it's hard to get that clarity on your own.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now Sarah, I want to go back to the younger Sarah. Sarah, what city or town that you grew up in like
0: Probably. Oh, I, I So I grew up in a, a town called Kirkland, Washington. Mm-hmm. And it's anyone, anyone who's from the Northwest or from Seattle, it's just across the lake. Uh, I'm an only child. My mom couldn't have any more kids. And uh, but sh- I was really fortunate because both my parents came from or come from larger families. So I have a lot of cousins who are like, brothers and sisters to me and of course now their spouses are too and then i i grew up in kirkland but i actually went to high school in seattle i switched high schools halfway through high school which you know i always look back as a real pivotal moment for me i think at a at a young age i was really craving a, more diversity mm-hmm. um diversity in every way you know the town that i grew up in was quite homogenous quite white And I had been spending my summers at the most amazing YMCA camp on Orcas Island called Camper Kyla, where it really exposed me to what is possible when you are mixed with kids, different races, different economic background. And so I got the opportunity to go to a school in Seattle that um, really prides itself on diversity. And it was, I, I think it was always in my DNA, just that hungry for connection, but with people that aren't don't look like me and aren't just like me. And so, um, I kind of got the best of both worlds. I got a bit of a suburban life, but then city life too.
1: Mm-hmm. And what kind of kid are you in high school?
0: Oh, that's a good question. So I'm a rule follower. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a rule follower If my mother's watching this. She would say, I definitely have a bit of sass. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? school didn't come overly easy for me. I think I've, I was very athletic, really committed to sports and dance. And at a very young age, I got into volunteering. Both my, my grandmothers were really, and my mother have a real volunteerism heart, but yeah, school didn't come easy for me. And so I think there was sort of just that added pressure of that. I put on myself, not not so much from my parents, but I was a definite rule follower. I mean, I'm still kind of a, a rule follower. I mean, I, I have to work on not living so much in a black and white world as you know, my husband would say. Um, but yeah, I was a definite, definite rule follower.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Now, how did you get into the um, the media?
0: Oh my gosh. That's what a great question. Awesome. You know, I, I graduated, I'm going to date myself here, but I graduated from UW in 99 and there was a little company called GoToNet that was really the height of the internet world. And there, this, the high school in which I graduated from, there was another another school very similar to it out of Seattle. And a lot of folks who are a couple of years older were working in that at this company. And so I, just, I can remember in this interview, Kate, they asked me what a portal was, and I did not prepare for this interview. I didn't know what a portal was. I mean, this was back, you guys, in '99 when online advertising was just getting going and so anyway i got this job i loved it it was a bit of a dream job i worked with really young people it was fast paced back then no one was teaching online advertising so it was really cutting edge and then i ended up then the, layoff, the you know then the layoffs happened across the you know in in a uh, in the 2000 maybe it's 2001 and then from there i got this job at Amazon. And I was, my husband and I, who was not my husband at the time, we ended up becoming the first, really the pioneers for, for online advertising for Amazon. And I had all the non-studio business and he had all the studio business. So we would bebop around the country, just piecing it together. And when we started dating, um, obviously there was a lot of, you know, talk about not dating your colleague and all of that. And I happened to be at Sundance Film Festival for for IMDB and Amazon. And I had invited a friend out to come stay with me because I was young and you know I had a I had a place to stay. And so she said, Well, great, I'll come, but I've got one party to go to. And it happened to be the founders of MySpace. She had gone to college with one of them. And so that's how I ended up. I mean, I can't make this up. It was like, and then I started managing, you know, advertising for part of the MySpace business, both domestically and abroad. But back then Facebook was just getting going. In fact, it was only a college edu site, and we were comparing ourselves to Friendster. I mean, it was a completely different space. It was like the wild west, um, and I loved it. I loved the fast pace. I loved the people. I think for me, what was missing was just the knowing that when I put my head on the pillow at night, that I was really that I was making a difference in someone's life. I mean, that that was always something that was important to me, and so I I could see that. Eventually, I was going to move out of it. I just didn't know what that was going to what that was going to look like.
1: Wow. Well, when you were work involved in Amazon for that ad um, agency, there, yeah. Do you know that Amazon's going to be where they are now? This episode of Inspired by Her is brought to you by Wagner Spray Tech. For a while now, we have been wanting to paint our RV. Luckily, we came across. This Wagner paint sprayer called the Flexio 4000. We had a blast painting the outside of the RV because it was 10 times faster than using a brush, which is good, especially in the hot sun. Dan is pretty messy and normally gets paint everywhere. But with the Wagner Flaxio 4000, he was able to make it look professionally done since it sprays directly from the can. Also, cleanup was super simple and only took five minutes. Visit the link in the show notes today and check it out, the Wagner Spray Tech Flexio 4000. Did you see that? I think so. I
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if I could ever tell you I could see that, you know, it would be the number one company for all the ways. But I would say working at Amazon was like getting an MBA because there's some things that happen in the Amazon culture. And, and look, it's a different culture. It's It's a very different company now. I can't speak to how it is now, but I think the principles are the same. I think the the values that Jeff Bezos instills, and in it doesn't matter what uh, position you're in, are very much there today. Twenty however many twenty years later, and there was definitely a focus still back then on customer service and being number one in the market. And I, I, I you could that you could feel that happening. You know, it's, I don't know if I could ever go back to working for a big company like that, but it definitely, it, you could see that it was going to be, and it was already back then. I mean, it was on the front page of Wall Street Journal, New York Times pretty regularly. So it was already on its way.
1: Wow. It's amazing. Like you're in the biggest company, Amazon, and you get involved in MySpace and the Friendster. I remember Friendster back in the day. Right.
0: Yeah, I know. We'd be like, have you ever heard of Friendster? Well, check out us, MySpace. And, you know, I guess I want to, you know, I'm sharing the highlights of my career. For anyone who's listening or watching, there have been other companies that I've worked for that haven't been name brand companies. They've had phenomenal people. And I think through those experiences, what I've garnered is that at the end of the day, I'm the brand. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate to have my space, no one had heard of us when I started working for them. So I can't say that that was a super easy sell. However, Amazon, certainly people took our phone calls, but you know, there's plenty of times where I've worked for other companies where I had to really focus on my own leadership, That it wasn't so much about this company, particularly online advertising has evolved so much. I mean, when I got into it, it wasn't automated. Now there's prog- there's this thing called programmatic, which I don't want to bore you with details, you probably know, but it's completely different, and it's very much um a commodity. and you know, I think the lesson that I got later on that's really served me now in my business that, yes, I have this brand, s g and Co, that I'm building in a community. But at the end of the day, really, I'm the brand, and people people who want to work because they like what they see in sG and Co, ultimately they're investing in me. They like what they see in me. And so that's been a real lesson in really learning to trust. And as you know, standing in my own leadership as I grow my business, because when you're, when you're running your own business, you don't really have anything to fall back on. Right. It's, it's, it's just you, it's your brand. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, I had a big learning curve around Mm -hmm. that. That was not, that was very different experience.
1: Wow. I love that. Now, uh, a lot of women in particular female entrepreneurs they still don't know how to brand themselves they don't understand that you yourself yeah. is the brand how do you explain that to your client mm. yeah let me
0: let me preface that with saying i think it's an evolution i think there are when we think about branding ourselves i think the place to start is getting again really clear on what do i value who do I want to be in the world? What's the impact I want to have? What's the problem I'm solving for? What's keeping people up at night and getting really crystal clear. And then I think it's really important to look for people and get support. There are phenomenal people out there who are, I mean, some of them are my clients. Some of them are, in fact, where's I'm going to share something with you, do a little plug here. I'm coming back. Um, actually, I was going to do a plug earlier. This is a book by, you know, Kalika. If you don't know Kalika, it's called The Little Brand Book. Kalika is a a phenomenal entrepreneur, but really helps people brand. And so I think it's why I'm pointing to Kalika is that I think it starts with us early on, but then I think we have to invest and be willing to get support. My zone of genius is not branding, but I have people in my world like Kalika who absolutely can can help me and so whether it's her or it's someone else but but i think it's an evolution and i think it means us as women where i notice what gets in the way is we have a really hard time slowing down Mm -hmm. and we have a really hard time being patient we want everything right away and there's the there's truth to you have to slow down to speed up and so getting taking that space to slow down yeah. What is my why today? What, if I'm going to put a message even on social media today, why am I doing that message? What's the, what's the intention behind it? And so I practice day in, day out to the point where my, I think my clients are blue in the face, what it's like to use intention and live from intention, even as you're doing just the minor things throughout mm-hmm. your day. But it, to me, that's what starts to set the tone for your own personal brand and then, of course, it's you know getting people like Kalika to help you.
1: Help you, yeah, yeah. Uh, can you name a person who has had tremendous impact on you as a leader?
0: Oh man, there's so many, but I, you know, I think I have to go with my husband, John. Mm-hmm. John and I are wildly different, and I joke with my girlfriends. I did not. I I think by choice. I'm pretty sure by choice. I didn't marry someone just like me, and so. With that comes a learning curve. And when I think about my husband, the things that sometimes can drive me batty is the very thing that I love the most about him. And he practices a principle that if I could be known by this principle, whenever my time is up, and that's generosity, I mean, he almost to a fault. he will. He's a Texan. So he will stop and talk to anyone. He will offer help. He's the first to raise his hand to volunteer. He just finished a two-year volunteer position, basically being co-leader of the parent organization at our elementary school. And what I, what I believe is that generosity is a growth strategy. And I don't think his intention ever is to, I'm going to be generous so I can get something back, But boy, does it come back in spades. And it also just the impact. It just, when I see him being that way, it just, it brings so much joy. And so it's really something that I try to practice. Sometimes I have to be minute by minute, sometimes it's day by day, but just this idea of really practicing generosity. You know, I think it's really easy when someone reaches out to be like, oh, I don't have time to meet, or oh, here, let me just send you an email and actually like, hey, let's jump on the phone for 15 minutes. I don't know if I'm going to get anything out of it, but I think I could certainly listen to you and support you. And so just really leading with that generosity. And so while there are so many of the obvious people, particularly in the spiritual world, you know, everyone from Oprah to Steve Chandler, who's a coach that I love, but it really comes back to, I think my husband and obviously my, my children who are my greatest teachers by far and the first to point out when i screw up so there's a quick <laughs> you get you get you get your uh you get your feedback really quickly from your kids so i think that's quite absolutely. Too. they're so honest yeah. right oh my gosh they're so honest i ran to the post office this morning and uh i i went to mail something to a client and it was it was kind of expensive because i was mailing it in a big box and she told me the cost and i go oh. and i you know said the f word and we walked out my 11 year old goes can you please not do that in public? Yes. I was like, okay, okay. I was like, did I was I that loud? I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like they're just so real. It's
1: so real, yeah. I remember so real. I that, and my my thirteen year old. He was eight that time. Mom, I think you really have to wash your mouth this time.
0: <laughs> oh God, you and I, I know, <laughs> I know. I blame my husband for that. He's a, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm definitely out of leadership with my language sometimes.
1: No, no, Sarah, can you tell me, what was the most challenging experience you've had to overcome? Mm.
0: I mean, there's so many around parenthood. You know, I think for me, my husband and I had an incredible opportunity. The stars aligned right after we got married. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, four weeks after we got married, we were married in August 2007. We moved to London and I was with MySpace at the time. And when I moved over there, I jumped into managing part of the business for MySpace in London International. I mean, it it was an incredible opportunity, but the adjustment to living abroad, I had never really lived away from my family, except for I'd gone to school for a year in California. So living abroad, adjusting to a really different work culture. Adjusting to a team that was very multi international, going from doing deals that were all U.S. currency to multi currency, to the Brits have a lot figured out around work culture. But what they do differently that I didn't love as much is that they work in an office, like mm-hmm. for a full day. And I, I have never. I mean, even when I worked at Amazon, I'm kind of beat to my own drum. So there was just a lot to navigate at once. And it was kind of like going from the shallow end to the deep end, not having family there. And what I love about it is I realized how resilient I am, but also it allowed my husband and I to build a marriage that was really just based on he and I, we both have really close families. And I think one of the pitfalls I see with particularly couples who would just get married is that they're still so tied to their families and all of the beautiful things of going to birthday and Sunday dinners, but that can start to feel like obligations and to just do away with that and be able to define our marriage. And and then we ended up having our first baby abroad in London in the middle of winter. And there were a lot of complications around, he's healthy, but there were complications around that. And so I think it just continued to, we, I continued to get these lessons of what it's like to be resilient. And it prepared us for, we have the last five years had, other challenges, both with careers and, and parenthood. And it absolutely just gave us, uh, prepared us for things that I don't know how we would have been able to navigate had we not had those experiences, the things that people don't talk about. And all of a sudden we found ourselves in them. So, I mean, that was a huge, huge learning opportunity for me and my husband, I would say.
1: Thank you for sharing. Now, Sarah, what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneurs? Mm. What it's what inspiring advice?
0: Slow down to speed up. I think we as entrepreneurs, particularly now that we are have COVID and we're dealing with so much more time online, I think it is so so important to take space to, to schedule space in your day, to be with your thoughts, to be connected to the outdoors, to remember why it is you want to be an entrepreneur in the first place and, and to look at where you can get support. You know, for me, when I had my third child, I think that's why I was like, all right, some of this stuff is going to go. It just has to, and you know, maybe it'll look inconsistent to my community, but I had to get really crystal clear on what mattered most to me. I do believe that we can have our version of our all, but it ultimately comes down to what, what is that all really, what do we really want that all to look like? And that all can't be everything in the kitchen sink. And so I think when I hear entrepreneurs that are so burnt out, the first thing I want to say is it's in your rest and it's in the quiet that you're most creative, that you can connect with your thoughts, that you can get clear. And then I guess the other thing I would say, and this is something I have to remind myself daily, is that we can't wait to feel inspired, that it's actually intentional action creates inspiration. So there are plenty of days where I sit down and I'm like, oh, I don't feel like writing my blog this week. But I got to just think of like, all right, there are people in my community who really enjoy and get something out of my blog. So that's, that's a commitment. And, and to me, one of my values is keeping my word, is integrity. And so the minute I start to sit down, yeah, the first 10 minutes, I might feel resistance. But then after that, I'm inspired and off I go.
1: Love it. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Now, Sarah, how do you want to be remembered? Mm, I was thinking about this.
0: I ask my I, ask, I love that question because I ask my clients that all the time. <laughs> I think first and foremost, I want to be remembered by someone who is generous and kind. I think this word kind, I don't know if it gets overused or not, but I know for me, when I meet kind people, I'm just like, oh, thank you. I think the other piece is I would love for people to feel like they are the only thing that matters when they are in a conversation with me and that they feel the impact of their own goodness, that this idea that I was, that my legacy is someone who invokes and ignites the possibility and the infinite potential that are inside people. I just fundamentally believe that all of us are here with a mission and I And to me, the greatest gift I can give people is that people experience their zone of genius and that they love it. I can't think of anything more upsetting to get to the end of your life, and maybe you have the fancy house or however much money or however many kids or you've been married or you get to travel, but if the experience isn't one that allows you joy, then what's the point of all of it? So I I hope that you know I really get to continue to do this work and to ignite those experiences for other people and that particularly my husband and my kids know me as someone who's generous and who's kind and funny, who brings humor to situations and that doesn't take life too, you know, too seriously.
1: Oh my God, Sarah. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. You're welcome. And what's your handle? Where can they find you? Yeah. So I would say two things. One, I would love for you if
0: you're not already a part of my community, certainly sign up for our weekly newsletter. It goes out on Fridays. We have a lot of fun with it. I We share a blog article. We feature some of the cool things that our clients are up to. I've also been doing this really fun series called Shelter and Play. Um, I'm, I'm really into reading. I do audiobooks and music and all sorts of cool things that I discover. So I share, I share that. So sign up at sarahgibbons.co for that. And then You can also join us, same handle, uh, Sarah Gibbons Co. on Instagram. Join our community there. I'm actually getting ready to start a new interview series that we're going to be doing live on Instagram called Living Legacies. Super excited about it. So if this kind of, you know, if you're someone who, you know, shares values of first and foremost connection and you're craving impact and you have ambition to experience all of who you're here to become, Then you know, find me, find our brand. We'd love to,
1: we'd love for you to come on in and be a part of it. I would love to, Sarah. You inspired me. I love your, you're so grounded and your energy. Mm. I think, thank you. I I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I,
0: I, I, I have to say, I think my parents really emphasized that to me. You know, we were a middle working class growing up, and I think that's one thing I've always really tried to remember through the highs and lows of my business and, and just my life is that, um, just how important it is to keep your feet on the ground and that, you know, it, it, it brings me joy. And ultimately the more, um, I'm able to connect with people, the more I, you know, I get from it, but also others get from it too. But if I, if I'm not grounded, then it's, there's no
1: possibility for connection. So. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing.
0: Thank you, and thank you for making space. I can't wait yeah. to get to know more people in your community and Title Two Thousand Twenty-One. Yes,
1: I can't wait to join. Yeah, yeah, I need to get yeah. that link. Thank you, yes. Sarah. All right, have, have a, a beautiful day. day. All right, All right. You, you too. Soon. Bye. Bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and visit katehancock.com so you don't miss out on the next episode. Vacation starts with VA.